story from a friend that was sharing about a pastor who was uh, hurrying to get to a meeting one afternoon, and uh, he was uh, having a hard time finding a parking spot, and so he decided to go ahead and park in the no parking zone in front of the building, and he left a note on the windshield which said, I've circled the block 10 times. If I don't park here, I'll miss my meeting. Forgive us our trespasses. And the pastor came back out later that afternoon after the meeting, and he found a ticket from a police officer with a note on it which said, I have circled this block for 10 years. If I don't give you a ticket, I'll lose my job. Lead us not into temptation. <laughs> the, the pastor and the police officer demonstrated for us something that we all know, and that is God's word is full of wonderful truths for us to enjoy, obey, and share with one another, which is exactly what we're going to continue doing this morning. Open your Bibles with me to the Old Testament book of Psalms, chapter 119. We are continuing our series titled 119. And in this series, we are focusing on one verse in particular in Psalm 119. It's a verse God is using to grow us. It's a verse that God is using to challenge us, encourage us, and prepare us for all that God has in store for us in this new year. It's an amazing verse, a simple verse, Psalm 119, verse 18. The psalmist said, open my eyes so that I may see wonderful things in your law. Say that with me out loud. Open my eyes so that I may see wonderful things in your law. That word open is key. Open means to uncover, to make known, to reveal, to show. The prayer of the psalmist years ago should be our prayer today as we follow the Lord day by day. So Father God, we are going to do just what your word says. God, would you open our eyes in these moments to the truth of your word? God, as your Holy Spirit takes your truth, may he make it so clear to us that as you open our eyes, we will be able to see it, we'll be able to know it, we'll be able to understand it, we'll be able to obey it, we'll be able to share it with all those you place around us. Father God, we long to hear from you, we long to be changed by you, we know that's what you're going to do this morning, and so Father, open our eyes and our ears so that we may see the wonderful things in your word, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to continue answering the question, why should I ask God to open my eyes? Why should we ask God to open our eyes? First answer is we cannot understand God's supernatural truth with our natural minds. We cannot understand God's supernatural truth with our natural minds. The psalmist said, open my eyes because the psalmist needed help to see, to know, to understand God's supernatural truth. Like the psalmist, we need God's help to understand God's truth. This is true of us before we come to faith in Christ Jesus. Before faith in Jesus, the scriptures teach us that we are dead in our sins and transgressions. Our eyes are blinded to the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ by our enemy, Satan. We know this is also true as we come to faith in Jesus as we come to faith in Jesus, God places his Holy Spirit in us when he saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus so that we can see, 
understand and know his supernatural truth. It is impossible for us to see God's truth unless God opens our eyes. We need God to open our eyes to the amazing truth in his word. Paul told the believers of the church in Corinth this as we looked last week uh, at this passage. Let's just touch again on it. In 1 Corinthians 2, verses 12 through 13. 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says this, Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That's the Holy Spirit. In order to know what has been freely given to us by God. We have received the Holy Spirit from God so that we can know what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit teaches us the truth of God's Word. He explains, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. So we see once again, the Holy Spirit of God helps us see what has been freely given to us by God in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit of truth teaches us the Word of truth. The Holy Spirit explains God's supernatural, spiritual things to us, God's supernaturally saved spiritual people. We can and we should thank and praise God for giving us his Holy Spirit. Amen? We should thank God, praise God for giving us his Holy Spirit. So we know we need to ask God to open our eyes because we cannot understand God's supernatural truth with our natural minds. Secondly, we need to ask God to open our eyes because we know that there are wonderful things in God's word. There's wonderful things in God's word. The psalmist wanted to see the wonderful things in God's law. He said, open my eyes so that I may see wonderful things. Wonderful things means wonderful things. It literally means amazing, extraordinary, marvelous things. The psalmist wanted to see the wonderful things in God's law. Law in the Hebrew is Torah, and it means instruction and training. It is a reference to the Word of God, the Scriptures, the Old and New Testament. And so we understand and realize there is wonderful, amazing, extraordinary marvelous truth for us found in the word of God. Marvelous truth in this word for you and me. Marvelous instruction and teaching for you and for me. Jeremiah agreed with this. And Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 15 and verse 16, your words were found and I ate them. Your words became a delight to me. And the joy of my heart, for I am called by your name, Lord God of hosts. We see Jeremiah, the prophet. He was a prophet of God, which means Jeremiah spoke God's word to God's people for God's glory. Jeremiah was a prophet. All the prophets in the word of God spoke God's message to God's people for God's glory. And we see Jeremiah shared with us that he digested the word of God, that he delivered the word of God, which we know by God's power, that he delighted in the word of God. Why? Jeremiah understood there are wonderful things in God's word. The psalmist understood there are wonderful things in God's word. 
If you're there in Psalm 119, let's look. We're just going to hit a couple of them. We'll move around quite a bit this morning. We'll highlight a bunch of different passages in support of understanding why we need to ask God to open our eyes. But we see in verse 24, your decrees are my delight and my counselors. So we know God's word is good for us. He said in verse 20, in 119, verse 103, how sweet your word is to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. We could go on and on in Psalm 119, looking at these verses that would support this central point, God's word is good for you and me. God's word is good for you and me. God's word is good for us as we take it in. God's word is good for us as we live it out. God's word is good for us as we share it with others around us. Now, I want you to see in this verse, Psalm 119, verse 18, I want you to see the psalmist connected two important disciplines, two important disciplines for you and me in this verse. If you look at it for just a second, I'm sure you can identify those two important disciplines. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. The psalmist connected two vitally important disciplines for us as followers of Jesus Christ. The discipline of prayer and reading God's word. Connected those two disciplines. We need to pray, God, open my eyes so that I may see wonderful things in your word. And we need to get in God's word so that we can see the wonderful things in his word when God shows them to us. So we see this combination. Praying, God, open my eyes. And then exercising the discipline, our habit of getting in God's word so that when God opens our eyes and shows us the wonderful things in his word, we're going to be able to see and understand and know, recognize them. Which supports what we already have shared last Sunday. We'll share it again this week. Every time we open God's word, we should pray, God, open my eyes so that I may see the wonderful things in your word. And listen, we know that is a prayer God will answer. We know that is a prayer God will answer. That is a prayer we can firmly believe without any hesitation, without any doubt that God will answer that prayer. How can we believe this with such certainty? Well, because God's told us in his word. He said he's given his spirit to us so that we can understand the things that he has freely given to us in his word. So if he's told us he's given us his Holy Spirit so that we can understand the things that are freely given to us in his word, and if we then pray along with the Holy Spirit and ask God to open our eyes so that we can see the wonderful things in his word, as we get in God's word, And as we read God's word, then God will answer us. And he'll show us the wonderful truth in his word. And so we know this is a prayer that God will answer. Why do we need to ask God to open our eyes? We cannot understand his truth with our natural minds. It's supernatural truth. There are wonderful things in the word of God. That's why we need to ask him to open our eyes. We're missing out on all these wonderful things if we're not asking him to open our eyes to the truth of his word. And the third reason we need to ask God to open our eyes is because we need to think God's way. We need to think God's way. In Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, uh, we read, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. 
Proverbs 23 and verse 7 is a proverb that warns us against hoarders, against those who are stingy uh, and want to get rich. You see the passage in its context, it's, it's warning us against hoarders, those who are stingy and want to get rich. The, we see here uh, that these folks who are stingy, they say, eat and drink with us, when in reality they're being deceptive and hypocritical because they don't want to share anything with anyone. And we see that within the context of this passage. However, there's a key principle that I want you to see in this proverb, and that principle is simply this, as a person thinks, so is the person. As a person thinks, so is the person. And so we see and understand, and I've shared this often with us, as if we see throughout the Word of God, we see this simple process throughout the Word of God. We think, we feel, we act. Our thoughts produce our feelings, which lead to our actions. Our thoughts produce our feelings, which leads to our actions. If you ever want to change your feelings or your actions, you need to start back at your thoughts. Change your thoughts, which lead to the feelings, which leads to our actions. God's Word teaches us that when we receive God's gift of salvation by God's grace alone through our faith alone in Christ Jesus alone, we become members of God's family. We receive the Holy Spirit of God. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. God's word also teaches us that we, at that moment, also enter into the battle of spiritual warfare. As the Apostle Paul told the believers in Ephesus in Ephesians 6, verses 10, 11, finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength, put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the tactics of the devil. We understand and realize this battle of spiritual warfare is real. God is at work in us. Satan is at work on us. Satan is our enemy. He is at work on us. He is constantly trying to undo what God is doing in us, through us, and around us. The battlefield where spiritual warfare is fought is in our minds. God is at work in us, transforming us into the likeness of Jesus day by day, moment by moment, step by step. Our enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy us, our walk with God, our worship of God, and our witness for God. Understand what we've already been teaching, what we've been learning. The Holy Spirit speaks God's truth to you and me. The Holy Spirit speaks God's truth to you and to me as followers of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comforts us, counsels us, convicts us, encourages us, leads us, teaches us, blesses us in every way. The Holy Spirit of God speaks God's truth to us. Are you with me? If you're with me, shake your head. Yes. You with me? All right, good, good. Now listen, Satan speaks lies to us because that's all he can do. He's the father of lies. There's no truth in him. He speaks lies to us. Satan's lies, accusations, and temptations are designed to deceive us, to discourage us, to divide us, to isolate us, to make us miserable, and ultimately to destroy us. Therefore, it is vitally important that we listen to the right channel every day. We must listen to the right channel. Why? Because we think, we feel, we act. And we have the Holy Spirit of God who lives within us, who is speaking God's truth to us. And we have 
our enemy Satan who is constantly, relentlessly speaking lies to us. When we listen to Satan and his lies, we are stressed. Our mind is divided and torn in two. When we listen to the Holy Spirit of truth, we are blessed. We're blessed. Understand, this is a battle that we all fight on a moment-by-moment basis. And so many people live out of their feelings, so to speak. I feel this way, I feel that way. Or I feel this way, I feel that way. And understand, we think, we feel, we act. We can have real feelings. Are you following me? We can have real feelings that are really wrong. That lead to really wrong actions and words. Why? Because they're based on really wrong thoughts. Why? Because we're listening to the lies of the enemy. I'm telling you, this is a moment-by-moment battle that we all face. We need to ask God to open our eyes to the truth of his word so that we can think his way. Because if we think his way, we're able to feel his way, which means we're able to act his way. Likewise, as we think about God's truth, as we listen to the word, as we open our eyes to this word, as we meditate on this word, as we fill our minds with this word, it produces the feelings that God wants us to feel from the truth of his word, which leads us to the actions that God wants us to take. You see, the truth of God's word focuses our minds and thoughts on God and his truth. This is what Paul said in Philippians 4 and verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence, if there's any praise, dwell on these things. Think on these things. Contemplate these things. Consider these things. Why is he saying dwell, think, contemplate, consider? He's saying our thoughts will produce our feelings, which lead to our actions. And we need to make sure that we're focused on God and the truth of his word because, quite honestly, God and the truth of his word meet the criteria that Paul shared in that verse 8. If you just walk through it, you look at verse 8 of Philippians chapter 4, you realize God is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, morally excellent, and praiseworthy. God's word is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, morally excellent, and praiseworthy. And so we understand the importance of thinking God's way. That's why Solomon told us that we're to think about God in all our ways. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on your understanding. Think about God in all your ways. And so we come to the word of God and we ask God to open our eyes so that we may see the wonderful truth in his word so that we can think, feel, and act in obedience to his word. We ask God, open my eyes so that I can see the wonderful truth in your word, God, so that I can think, feel, and act in obedience to your word, God. And we see that there are some 
identifying points about God's word that help us to think God's way. I want to just identify three of these points. We could share many, many, many more points, but we're just going to focus on three. Three points about God's word that help us to think God's way, which obviously helps us to feel and act God's way. The first is God's word grounds us in truth. God's word grounds us in truth. The psalmist said in Psalm 31 and verse 5, Into your hand I entrust my spirit You redeem me, Lord, God of truth. You redeem me, Lord, God of truth. God is the God of all truth. Amen? He's the God of all truth. There's no falsehood in God, with God, through God. There's no falsehood. Jesus is the truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The word of God is the word of truth. And so we understand and realize God's word grounds us in truth. The psalmist said in Psalm 119 and verse 160, listen to this verse, verse 160, the entirety of your word is truth. The entirety of your word is truth. And all your righteous judgments endure forever. He said the entirety of your word is truth, God. All your righteous judgments endure forever. I love what Paul told Timothy. He challenged Timothy and us that we are to study to show ourselves approved to God. Workers who not need to be ashamed, who correctly handle divide, teach God's word of truth. So we know God's word grounds us in truth. God and his word is truthful. God and his word is trustworthy. The good news is God's will, God's ways, and God's wisdom is revealed in God's word. And we know God never contradicts his word. He never contradicts his word. And so that brings it down to you and to me. And one of the things that we can apply, one of the application points we can apply and understand this morning is simply this. When God speaks to us and as God works in us. When God is speaking to us and when God is working in us, what God will say to us and how God is working in us will always match up with the word of God. Always match up with the word of God. What does it mean? I can put it in a a simple sentence in this way. Our experience is subject to the truth of God's word. Our experience is subject to the truth of God's word. We never elevate our experience above the truth of God's word. What does it mean? Well, give me an example. It means this. When someone says to me, well, God told me this. Or when someone says to me, God told me to do that. And I know what God supposedly said to them or what God supposedly told them does not match up with the truth of God's word, does not match up with who God has revealed himself to be in his word, then I know they're wrong, God's right. They aren't quite hearing what God says. They, they may think that and they may feel that and they may really believe that, but again, they could also be really wrong because truth of God's word grounds us in his truth. God doesn't contradict his word. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we know and understand when God speaks to us and when God works in us, it will always be in connection to, it will always line up, it will always match up 
to his truth in his word. And so we can rest assured and know that we can thank God's way as we get into God's word because God's word grounds us in truth. It plants us. It gives us a firm foundation in truth that we can live our lives in victory day by day as we continue growing in our faith in Jesus. The second thing we see is God's word guides us in truth. God's word guides you and me in truth. The psalmist, a, a beautiful verse that many of us know and, and have memorized, Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word, God, is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Do you know? You know that truth. Memorized it growing up, most of us. Memorized it as adults, most of us. Your word, God, is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. What does that mean? It means God's word, the truth of his word, guides us day by day. God's Holy Spirit takes God's word and highlights God's way because God's way is highlighted in God's word. So God's Holy Spirit takes God's word, highlights God's way so he can guide us to live by God's way day by day. He highlights the word of God, God's truth to you and to me so that we can then live by that truth day by day as he guides us in his truth. God's word not only grounds us in truth and gives us a firm foundation and allows us to continue growing in our knowledge and understanding and, and wisdom of God and what he wants for us and what he's doing in us, through us, and around us, but God's word then guides us. He guides us day by day, meaning we, we spend that time with the Father, be it in the morning, afternoon, evening, we spend that time with the Father in his word. And then as we move from that point and do what God's called us to do, he then doesn't just stay back at the word and wait for us to get back the next day to get back and read. No, he then continues guiding us by his Holy Spirit in us so that we can live out his word that he is pouring into us day by day. Psalm 119 has many different blessings, many different truths Many different ways that we can see and understand where God's word guides us. Uh, and so let's just share a few. I'll just share a few. Jot these down. If you're taking notes, jot these down. Uh, and I would encourage you, you can even go through uh, Psalm 119. It'll take you a little bit of time because it's not a short chapter, as you know. Uh, it'll take you a little bit of time. But you can go through and just highlight different ways that we see just simply in Psalm 119 where God's word guides us. I'll give you a few examples. God's word guides us to God's blessings. God's word guides us to God's blessings. We see this in verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 119. How happy or how blessed, how happy are those whose way is blameless, who live according to the law of the Lord. Happy, blessed are those who keep his decrees and seek him with all their heart. Truth of God's word guides us into God's blessings. God's word guides us to purity. God's word guides us to holiness. We see this in verses 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping, by obeying your word. I have sought you with all my heart, God. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. So we see God's word, the truth of God's word, guides us into God's blessings. And he has blessed us in every way, uh, with the spiritual blessings that we receive in Christ Jesus. God's word guides us into purity. God's word guides us to hope. In verse 49, 
Verse 49, the psalmist said, Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope through it. The psalmist said, God, you have given me hope through your word. This, uh, this means the psalmist, as the psalmist says, as I think about your word, as I meditate on your word, as I read your word, as I contemplate your word, as I think about your word, you fill me with hope. Why? Because of the truth of this word. It's full of hope for you and me as followers of Jesus Christ. If we think about our world, if we contemplate our world, if we consider our world, if we spend all our time thinking about our world, we will not be filled with hope. If we think about ourselves only and contemplate ourselves and consider ourselves and stay focused on ourselves, we will not be filled with hope. But when we think about God's word, when we focus on God's word, when we meditate on God's word, the psalmist is saying it fills us with hope. So he said, remember, God, remember your word, your servant, for you have given me hope through it. We see in verse 98, we see that God's word also leads us to wisdom. He said in verse 98, your command makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is always with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, but your decrees are my meditation. I understand more than the elders because I obey your precepts. There he's talking about, God, your word. Your word guides me into wisdom. Wisdom, which is the ability to put God's truth into action in our lives. Knowledge is an understanding of God's truth. Wisdom is the ability to put God's truth into action in our lives. And so God's word here guides us into wisdom. As James said, if any of you likes wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously without finding fault, and then will give it to him. So as we get into God's word, guides us into wisdom and teaches us that, oh, if I need wisdom, all I need to do is ask God, and he'll fill me with wisdom. And so we understand God's word grounds us in truth. God's word guides us in truth. And then we see God's word grows us in truth. God's word grows us in truth, which helps us again. Each of these points help us to think God's way, which ultimately helps us to feel and act and live God's way. God's word grows us in truth. We see in Psalm 119 and verse 32, I pursue the way of your commands, for you broaden my understanding. The psalmist said, God, you broaden my understanding. You deepen my understanding. You grow me. You broaden. You deepen. You grow me in my understanding of your word and in my faith and trust in Jesus. We grow in our faith in God and we grow in our understanding. We broaden and deepen our understanding of the word of God as we get in God's word. We know that Jesus himself said in John 17 and verse 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctification is the process of spiritual growth. It's the process by which God sets us apart in Christ Jesus to make us holy and more like Jesus day by day. And so we know the Holy Spirit of God takes the word of God, grows us in our faith in God, so that we can be more effective witnesses for God. So God's word not only grounds us, not only guides us, but it grows us strong in truth, God's truth. Paul talked about this when he was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17. 
All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful, it's profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training us in righteousness, so the man of God may be a complete, equipped for every good work. So we know and understand all Scripture is inspired by God. That means it's breathed out by God. What does that mean? It means every word in God's Word is God's Word to you and to me. And God spoke by His Holy Spirit to the authors of Scripture. The authors, by the way, whom God created, God saved, God called, and God equipped. God spoke by his Holy Spirit to these authors, and he shared with them his words that he knew and had equipped them to write down for us. As one pastor said, when the Bible speaks, God speaks. And so we know and understand. We're to pray, God, open my eyes so I may see the wonderful things in your law. Why? Because we need to think God's way. And because God's word grounds us in truth, guides us in truth, and it also grows us in truth so that we can live God's way. And so we see that Paul told Timothy, God's word uh, is in all scripture inspired by God and it is profitable, it is useful, it is beneficial, it is helpful to you and to me. Because it teaches us, rebukes us, corrects us, and trains us in righteousness. The late great pastor Larry Bewley said about God's word, God's word teaches us what is right, what is wrong, how to get right, and how to stay right. And we see this played out here in the truth of God's word. God's word is profitable for teaching us. Teaching literally means instruction and doctrine. What does that mean? It means God's word teaches us God's doctrine. God's word teaches us God's instructions, his decrees, his truths. God's Word teaches us what is right, what we need to know. God's Word rebukes us. What does that mean? That means God's Word reproves us. It means God's Word convicts us. God's Word, truth of God's Word, used by the Holy Spirit of God, it rebukes us. What does that mean? It means it brings our sin up to our minds so that we might confess and forsake our sin. God's word teaches us what's not right, teaches us what is, what is wrong, what we need to stop. God's word corrects us. God's word corrects, that means it straightens us up. That means it restores us back to our proper condition, restores a, someone or something to their proper conviction. That may be the prayer of many of us after watching the game last night. Rebuke us and then correct us. Restore us. Straighten us back up. You see, God's word restores our passion for God, our fellowship with God, our obedience to God. As we confess those sins to God, God's word teaches us. God's word rebukes us. God's word corrects us. God's word trains us. Not only teaches us how to get right, what we need to change, but God's word trains us in righteousness, which means God's word teaches us how to stay right with God and others. And no one understands this training takes time. It takes time reading God's word, studying God's word, and obeying God's word. And Paul said the purpose of God growing us in truth, the purpose of God teaching us, correcting us, rebuking us, or training us as a righteousness so that we may be complete, equipped for every good work. So understand this simple truth that we say over and over again as we teach God's word because we see it throughout God's word cover to cover. 
the purpose of all spiritual growth is application. The purpose of our spiritual growth is application. We learn and we grow in our understanding of God's Word, His truth. We increase our knowledge. We increase our wisdom. As we get in God's Word, we grow in God's truth. Why? So that we can live it out day by day. God wants us to live what we learn from His Word. As James said, don't merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We grow in our knowledge of God's Word so that we can show God's truth to others, so that we can share God's truth to others. That then means every time we open the Word, every time we get together for corporate worship, every time we gather together in our life teams, for Bible study in small groups, every time we get around God's Word, we know God's Word is for us, it's to teach us, it's to broaden, to deepen, to grow us in our understanding of God, in our knowledge of God and His Word. It's to teach us, but it's also not just for us. It's for those that God places around us so that we can live it out, so that we can share it and show it to others. That's the purpose of God's making us complete, equipped for what? For every good work, which God has planned in advance for us to do. There's the application. God is teaching us. He's rebuking us, correcting us, and training us in righteousness so that we can be complete, we can be mature, we can be spiritually fit, ready and able to live God's way and to do what God's called us to do so that we may be equipped for God has good works for you. God has good works for me that he desires us to do today, this morning, in these moments right here, right now, throughout the day, this evening, all through this week. God continually teaches us because he wants to grow us, because he wants to use us to be ministers of those he places around us. Therefore, it makes complete sense for us to understand and realize what the psalmist is saying to us. And it makes complete sense then for us to start this new year off and continue it throughout the year to pray, open my eyes, God, so that I may see your wonderful truth in your word. Open my eyes, God, so that I may know your wonderful truth in your word. Open my eyes, God, so that I may understand your wonderful truth in your word. Open my eyes, God, so that I may obey your wonderful truth in your word. Open my eyes, God, so that I can think about your wonderful truth in your word. Open my eyes, God, so that I can feel according to your wonderful truth in your word. Open my eyes, God, so that I can act and live according to the wonderful truth in your word. Open my eyes, God, so that I may share the wonderful truth in your word. Open my eyes, God, so that I may receive the gift of salvation that is revealed and the wonderful truth in your word, by your grace, through my faith in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you to bow in prayer.